Stay Ready is the mentality birthed through the trials and triumphs in life as an NFL long snapper. Join me in conversations with teammates, mentors, friends, and family who helped me realize Stay Ready is so much more. A deeply rooted principle of life in all things faith, family, and football. From Music Row in Nashville, welcome to Stay Ready, the podcast. All right, here we are. Another episode, Stay Ready, the podcast, with a friend of mine, Kara Miller. And uh, it's really good to have you here today. Uh, a little bit of a different setting. You were yeah. uh, you helped get uh, the podcast off the ground last year in my garage. You're right, I did. Although yeah. I didn't set it up. No, no, you no. But you were you're kind of there from from the ground up, the ground zero operation, and and just the organicness of what it was, and and uh, a little it's bit a different setting rigid, now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the house is a little sketchy. <laughs> I, I know when you when you sent me the picture, I was like, yeah. Am I going to die down yeah, there? <laughs> everyone says that. And I haven't talked about kind of the studio. Um, yeah. So we're off Music Row, downtown Nashville. And if, if people aren't really familiar with the area, you have a ton of history in this area. Okay. And you have, obviously, you have a lot of old Victorian-style homes. And then you have, like, the really new modern homes that, are, you yeah. know, because th- just the regentrification of the area has been crazy. Right. Um, but, on, like, on Music Row, like, you have all these, you know, recording studios that look like houses. Like, yeah. you would never oh, know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would never so know. a lot of these right over here are... Generally, yeah, yeah. I like uh I think a lot of them are businesses. You'll drive yeah. down, you'll see, like, signs out front, like, yeah. who records there. And, yeah. you know, like, whether it's, like, you know, a new hit single and right. you'll oh see, yeah, you'll see the banners. Yeah, you see Luke yeah, Bryan, you'll see yeah. Luke Holmes, you'll see right. all these earnest, all these uh, artists, and they're like, it looks like a house. It does, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and then some ha- obviously look more corporate, right? Um, but it's just very unique. Music Girl is really cool. I found this studio, live right down the street, and uh, the house itself. We're in the basement of the house, yeah. And the house itself is old Victorian style house. Yeah. Um, it's a little rundown. A little bit. A little bit. But so it, it's cool inside. It's, it's very cool. And so when I have guests come in, my first impression, yeah. too, is like, what is this? What am I walking into? But as soon as you get to the basement, you walk down the side little, you know, uh, steps to the basement yeah. and the red door and you walk in. It's just like really it's cool so nice. yeah. retro studio. It's a music pro- uh, studio here, podcasting, photography. So it's really cool. But above is like a frat house. Love that. But the history, what's really, really cool about this and, and what I've been told, and I think... Um, it's legit is this is Waylon Jennings's old that's right. that's studio. That's saying. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he okay. used to own this house yeah. and Waylon Jennings used to produce and, and record down here. So that's that is really, really cool because mm-hmm. Waylon Jennings, when you talk about, you know, the traditional artists from yeah. back in the day, I mean, he's one of the big dogs. Right. You know, he's one of the outlaws, you know, like that that genre. Right. So it's really cool. So that's just a little. But when I sent you, when I send people the the address to the house, and I have to send a picture. You send the picture, yeah. Because if yeah, I send you the address, they're gonna be like, dude, there's there's no way this is where we're recording. Well, when you send the picture, though, I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna die here. And everyone says that they're like, you're not gonna kill, I, you're not gonna kill me. No, in the I, li- I literally like, was yeah. like, should I send this to my friends to like make sure I don't yeah. die or yeah. no, make sure that they know where I'm at if I die? Well, what I do is I send a picture of the house, yeah, or the address, picture of the house, yeah. And then I send a picture of the stairs going down. So I'm like, hey, listen, I'm go go down the stairs to the right of the house. Like this is legit. Like right. don't everyone responds like, dude, you're gonna kill me. What? Do I need to bring a body yeah, gun? Right? Do I need to come like strapped? <laughs> because I'm scared. <laughs> but once you get here, it's like, oh, it's, this not, is, it's nice. This man. is the vibe. So it's a little great. bit, little bit more of an upgrade than it's than last year. Upgrade. And it's been great. It's been great. And you helped me a lot with you know ideas and yeah. TikToks and 
posting social media stuff kind of that's what kind of your expertise yeah um and that's what you do day to day right yeah um i mean i'm trying to transition a bit more into like project management because okay. i just realized like there's so many people who do social media better than me yeah and i like, I think my biggest strength is getting things done. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to switch into that yeah. because I know I can sell myself and it's more valuable than me doing social media for yeah. somebody. Yeah. And so, so, yeah. So, but you're, you're from Indiana. Yep. We mm-hmm. can, we connected yep. through mutual Love friends. Yeah. You reached out to me, uh, wanted to help with the podcast. And I thought it was so cool of you to do that. So we connected to there and, and you're from like the Bloomington area, right? Well, so I went to IU, okay, but I, I'm, I'm from southeast indiana in a small town called batesville okay um it's like an hour from indianapolis okay. 45 minutes from cincinnati okay so all right. yeah we we always called ourselves the greater cincinnati area we just tell people we're from cincinnati batesville all right yeah. shout out batesville but iu right. yep speaking IU. of iu little little uh transition into basketball because i know you're a huge basketball <sighs> love fan love right? it yep so i mean dude iu's got a legit shot men huh? and women oh yeah like women i think we're the number one seed right now for basketball and then men were number four seeds so. and like the big dogs are actually picking IU to make the final four, right? I think so. Yeah. Which I personally, I don't, I don't have them picked in my bracket because I'm like, gosh dang. I know, but because they're not consistent. You have to be sure, consistent. Sure, but in I mean, basketball. you gotta, you got are you a diehard or not? I am a diehard, but you gotta well, be. Obviously a... not because you don't even have them in your final four. You got a Listen, bracket? I, of course, yeah. And you don't have. Okay, I have the women's team in my final four. I don't have the men's. The men's have been so inconsistent. I'm like, I can't. Well, they beat Purdue twice. But that's it. They don't. That's they don't a big beat. deal. Purdue's I, good. I, I, I know. I know. They're the best. You call well, yourself a Hoosier. That's. I know. Come on. No, I guess. Car, I'm a bo- come on. I guess I'm a Boilermaker, honestly. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I have Purdue going farther than the Hoosiers, which I can't believe I'm saying that. But they're they're just better than us. Sorry. I mean, at least you're being honest. Yeah. Well, and. We beat them twice, and if we had to play them again, like we'd probably lose. Let's it's hard be to beat the team three it's times, really hard, especially in the tournament. I know. So well, I mean, you know, college basketball. I think the March Madness thing is so cool it's just crazy. because it's so unpredictable. It is, yeah. And basketball is one of those things where, like, you can have a school like Charleston, yeah, um, just come in. Like yeah. St. Mary's, I'm from California, so we got okay. St. Mary's small school. Yeah, I didn't um, know they were California. Yeah, they're the okay. Bay, they're the Bay Area. They're next. They're pretty close to Cal Berkeley. Yep. Um, but a very very small school. They're in the same division or conference as like Gonzaga. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw them play each other. In and I love Gonzaga, but again, they're one of those teams that. Every As they get year. to the tournament, they just yeah. can't get over the hump. They can't right. get past the Elite Eight or whatever right. it is. And that's and the same with IU. So that's sure. why I'm not picking them. Like, they haven't... Yeah, but th- maybe this is the year that they're they're the Cinderella mm-hmm. team. Well, and that's true. I'm like, maybe this year they are the Cinderella team. I don't know. Because yeah. they're, like... They're not as good... Well, they're not as good as, like, a lot of the top teams. So yeah. maybe they are the Cinderella team. I don't know. So are you, like, being a basketball fan, like, March is awesome. Like, oh, you yeah. love March I Madness. Love it. Like, oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts today. Yeah, like, I'm literally watching... Not not every you're, game, you're but like I'm starting today. At, you're pulling up the phone, looking at scores. One forty five, Alabama. Yep, I'm watching go. that game. Who do you got to? Well, in your bracket, Alabama. you got yep, Alabama. Yep, huh? yep. Um, but they have the reason why I like them. So I work with a basketball trainer here, and okay. he trains Brandon Miller, who's like the number one. I mean, he's uh, projected to be the number one pick in the NBA okay. draft next year. Okay. So and he's. He goes to Alabama, and so okay. I I would never root for Alabama. But in from any afar, you become a this. fan of him, yeah, right? I'm because like, of your I love watching the trainer. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm a huge fan of him. That's Watch, cool. Just watching him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you have Alabama winning mm-hmm. in both brackets. Yep. Yep. Well, women's South Carolina, and then men's Alabama. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's a shame that you don't have IU in both your brackets. I know. Because I, this is the year. Like my my trainer Justin, you've met Justin. He's been on yep, the podcast. Yep. He went to IU. 
He's oh, a, he, he did? Did I know? He went there for, I think, a year before okay, transferring okay. to Holy Cross. But okay. um, he's a diehard Hoosier fan. And, like, this yeah, is, like, I just talked to him today. He's, like, yeah. he's like, dude, Skip Bayless, Mad Dog. Yeah. All these guys have, you know, IU going to Do the they Final really? Four. I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, there's... Okay. Yeah, the predictions yeah. are really heavy for um, for IU, and this is like their year because, I mean, I feel like being you know living in Indiana for eight years and the Hoosier hysteria is real and it's oh, very it's very crazy. cool and it's like yeah they've been like just like waiting for a legit team to yeah. you know it's been a long time yeah. since they've had that dominance like nas- right. and then nationally being being uh, uh, respected mm-hmm. yeah you know yep because back in the day they were always there in North Carolina Duke like yep. they were the one yep. one of the big dogs right. And, and then, course, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've kind of fallen off ever since then. Like, I mean, Bobby Knight obviously won a bunch of championships. Yeah. I think five, maybe. Yeah. Which I guess compared to some isn't that many. But no, no, that's still that's a lot, right? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, but I think after that, we always had good basketball and we were always like highly ranked, but we can never make it to the sure. final four. Sure. And so it's like, and the Big Ten, it's tough too. Yeah, the Big Ten's tough. SEC you, you know, and Big Ten now. Because like Wisconsin can be hot. You know, yeah. obviously Purdue, Ohio State, yep. Michigan State, mm-hmm. like those teams are traditionally like, you know, tough. Oh yeah, yeah. the Big Ten's are very tough. Yeah, for both football and basketball. Sure, very sure. tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the, your love is like basketball. I mean, it, getting to know you a little bit, I've yeah. seen you know you love to play. Yeah, oh, I love. Did you basketball. Did you grow up playing basketball? Yeah. yeah. So I actually, okay, so I played sports going through just high school yeah yeah yeah. like actually only my sophomore year of high school is when i stopped playing sports i transitioned into working in music at that point yeah and i don't really know why i specifically transitioned and why i didn't just do both yeah but um well i guess because i kind of fell out of love with sports i was someone who i just i felt so much pressure from sports Mm -hmm. and i didn't handle it well like i mean for example kind of a funny story but i like got suspended from school for threatening to kill my volleyball coach oh (laughs) jeez aggressive <laughs> well okay she took me out of a game and i was like we were playing volleyball in a championship and i think i was doing pretty well yeah she took me out for like someone who just isn't very good yeah because that's kind of high school you know how that yeah. is and and they hit the ball to her every single play after that she missed all of them we lost the championship i got so pissed that i like started throwing stuff in the locker room and that's when i started screaming a bunch of stuff she wasn't in there but someone like went and told on me i think that yeah. i like threatened do you remember saying her. something like that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah wow. absolutely and that's that like that was kind of in a way that was a lot of my childhood was i was just so I feel like I just had this like built up anger mm-hmm. and I didn't really know where it was coming from. Yeah. And you took it out like competitively, like within sports. Yes, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Like yeah. I had several instances where, I mean, my dad would be the coach and he'd be like, you like, what is wrong with you? you yeah. Have, you're so hot headed. Yeah. Like I would throw my helmet. Yeah. I would do all that kind of stuff. I just had so much anger and aggression yeah. and I didn't really know why. Yeah. I, I mean, I was the same way and I don't know where the anger came from. I think yeah. it's just the competitiveness. But I remember playing. You know, baseball. Mm-hmm. If I struck out, I throw my helmet, throw my bat. Really, same thing. If yep, I same. if I you know got robbed on a home run, yep. I'd be you know I'd be upset and I would like not walk back yeah. to the dugout, but I would just like you know be sulking all the way. Like I was just like when we lost, when we you know I was especially in high school. I remember a game in particular. It was sophomore year. It was against a rival team, and I'm not kidding you. I was playing the def- I was on defensive line. We had we were down six, and there was like. 10 seconds left in the game and the team ran the ball just to run the clock out. But I went and stripped the ball out of the running back's hands. (laughs) It took it it, like me and a teammate like had the ball out. I took it out of his hands too because I wanted the ball so bad. And I ran it back for a touchdown 
and the ref called the game like time like they blew the whistle like you know yeah and forward progress and i was so mad yeah i literally threw my helmet across the field like the pads flew all the yep. way like ear pads everything the the you know the entire thing just exploded. Right. I'm on the bench. I'm pissed. I'm crying. Like at that time, dude, I was like a big crier too. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And I remember going to the locker room and just being like so angry that we lost because like, how, how could they not call that a touchdown? Yeah. And, uh, then I remember like parents, like calling into the coach the next week, like, Hey, like you need to have that Overton kid, like check himself. And yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. embarrassing. And like, of course, looking back, I was embarrassed on it too. And my, my, my dad was upset. And, yeah. But I remember growing up, you know, youth sports, high school sports. Um, I mean, I was like super emotional. Yeah. And then I got to college and it was kind of like I obviously matured a little bit. But, but yeah. Like, I, why did you switch? Like, I don't know. Maybe I, maturity. But like, is there something specific? I don't. Well, maybe it maybe it's just, you know, I was able to understand like, hey, like, yeah, that's a tough loss, but mm-hmm. I don't need to like cry and sulk okay. over. Let's move to the next one. Yeah. You know, kind of okay. thing. Obviously, there's. There's games that you play that are very, very significant, whether it's a championship game or, you know, against a rival game. Like, who doesn't want to beat their rivals, of you course, know? Of course, yeah. Um, but I, I can relate to the the throwing the helmet, the mm-hmm. throwing the bat. Like, yep. just, I mean, I was, that, I was that kid. Me too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, again, I don't know where my anger stemmed from yeah. or my, I think it was just because I wanted to win so badly. Right. And then as I got old, like, even in playing in the NFL now, like, there's game. Yes, I. Do you I, still get pretty pissed? Yes, but okay. I'm not. I'm not throwing my helmet. Right. I'm. You know. I'm just like. I guess I know how to control my emotions better. Yeah, we haven't seen any videos of you throwing. No, thank God. And guys, unfortunately, have those right. moments where they're cursing a coach out, yep. or you know, Antonio Brown like yeah. stuff where he's yeah. running off the field shirtless, like that right. kind of stuff. Like, right. there's there's crazy instances like that. But I'm. I, yeah, you gotta you gotta hold your composure. But as a kid, yeah. I feel like. It's really hard to, you know, for kids to keep that in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So growing up, like heavy into sports. Oh, yeah. Very and you much said your so. dad coached you. Was yep. he was he a hard coach on you? No, not really, honestly. Because, like, like, he played sports growing up, but he yeah. wasn't, like, he. I mean, he would say this himself, I think. He wasn't, like, amazing at them or anything. So I think it was more he just wanted to be involved in his kids' lives in sure, that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he wasn't, no, he wasn't super hard on us. Like, realistically, I mean, well, he was... He was definitely someone who's like, you need to get that out there and practice if okay. you want to be good. So yeah. he would make sure, my, both my mom and my dad would really make like, sure. Like, would you like, be out there shooting hoops in the oh, driveway? Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, I, kind of with all those circumstances, like, well, the thing with the high school volleyball, I sort of lost my love for sports because I realized, like, I don't handle pressure very well. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, you know what, I don't. I don't love this because it's like creating such emotional pain sure. for me, I yeah, guess. You don't like the version of yourself yeah, on the court exactly. or on the field. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm just going to be done with this. Then I transitioned into music. Like yeah. I'm not a musician, but yeah. working behind the scenes more okay. so. And then more recently, really within the last couple of years, I've learned to like love sports again. Yeah. And I just like, I, I don't care about playing in the WNBA. I'm like 28 yeah, years old. Yeah, probably yeah. not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to be the best basketball player that I could be myself. Sure. And so that's, that's just kind of my goal with sports in general right now is yeah. I just want to be the best that I can sure. because I love, I love the process of watching yourself progress both mentally in in my personal life. Like just, I love uh, personal growth. Like I'm always reading books about psychology and that sure. kind of stuff to like better understand who I am. Yeah. And then, uh, with sports specifically, 
I just love training. So like working yeah. out, right? Like you know this, but I tore my ACL. Yeah. So like and doing that whole rehab, that rehab process going, going well. I mean, Very I know. Well. It. Yeah. So I, you're post op. You're what eight months? I think six or seven right now, maybe. So you're getting close. You're yeah. getting close to yeah. that, like yeah, like quote unquote ready finish mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like now I can start like practicing and stuff okay. again. I just no can't brace. like actually play. No brace. Okay, you, oh, brace. always gonna wear yeah. a brace. Yeah, yeah, I think for the first year you have to like okay. playing sports okay. and stuff. So um, I'm. I'm just like that. I love the process of like understanding my body better and really watching myself progress at something. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool because I mean, you were out of surgery like, I don't know, a few days or a week later, had the brace on, shooting free throws, like working on your, on your your J a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally, as soon as I, I think maybe just a couple days after I tore my ACL. I was back out on the court and people would, people would ask me at the gym, they'd be like, Hey, do you want to play in a game? And I'd be like, I don't think I can do that right now. I just tore my ACL and they're like, you tore your ACL. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I would have no idea. Cause yeah. I just, but I will say it's funny. Like once you tear your ACL, like it hurts for a couple of days, but then it kind of feels somewhat back to normal sure. a little bit, but sure. then you get the surgery and it's like, Oh, my knee doesn't feel normal. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm learning right now. I'm like, I, I can't just go. Yeah, And when they give the right timeline now. of, Hey, like this is legit eight to 12 months yeah. or even longer, it's like crazy. rehab, obviously the, the benefit of being young and right. healthy and in shape, right. like you can progress a little bit faster, but yeah, it's, it takes time to, to get back to. And yeah. the cool thing is it sounds like you take your rehab and training very, very yeah. seriously and, and methodically and, you come back even better, which is cool, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm learning is I can already do squats so much better than I could before. I was noticing this when I was, like, dancing at my friend's party the other day. Like, my dancing is better. Like, I think my basketball will be, too, at some point. Yeah, because you you focus so much on something, like, and also you got to, like, you can't just, you know, if it's your right knee that you're strengthening from rehab, you can't neglect the left. So it's like you have to find that balance and you have to, like, work it together. And so I think a lot of people overtrain that injury. Yeah, and then do. you create imbalances on the other side, and, and then unfortunately, they tear the, t- yeah, they yeah. t- t- yep. the next one. So there's some really good things, obviously, about surgery. And it looked, it sounded like when you when it happened, you kind of uh, you went you went a few different. You wanted a few different opinions. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to correct. Yep. Death. You didn't want to. Uh, you don't want to just always go under the right. knife, right. you know. But but you did consult Which, a few people, and then yep. find out that you needed surgery. Yeah. Like, Which was like truly a godsend because. The second person that I ended up going to yeah. literally is from my hometown, and I had no idea. Yeah, and you're from a hometown of like 500 people, exactly. right? Exactly, so, yeah. 7,000, but okay. close enough. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. Um, I knew he was. I saw that he went to IU, like okay. on his profile. And this so is I was in like, Nashville. Yep. Oh, yep. Cool. Okay. So I was like, okay, I have a connection there. Like yeah. that's kind of nice. Yeah. Had no like he he asked yeah. me you know when I get there. Oh, I said I saw you from Indiana. That's kind of why I'm coming to sure, you. And he yeah. goes, "Where are you from?" Yeah. I said Batesville, and he said, "No way." And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, when he said no way, I was like, "Okay, he's probably close to it or knows of the town, but he's not from there." Yeah. And he's like, "No, I'm. Li- I literally grew up there for seven years." Yeah. And I was like, "That's freaking crazy." That's cool. Yeah. So it was, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. It was. It was like one of those. Like you said, it was just a little godsend where you. Yeah. And and he did your surgery. Yep. And and he's been incredible. The yeah. uh, therapy team's been uh, PT team's been absolutely incredible. Awesome. Like yeah. I just love going. So. Well, you look great, and it looks like Thank you're you. uh, you're on your way to uh, being an incredible hooper. Are you going to be like a, a YMCA All American or what? Maybe so. Yeah, I don't know about maybe Williamson Rec. Okay, be, okay. Yeah. shout out Williamson Rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Is that a, is that a little little jab at the YMCA? Oh yeah. Oh, the the real, the real ballers go dude, to the, the rec center. Dude, the Franklin YMCA sucks. Yeah. There's only. Do you go to what? Have you been to Lifetime? Uh, yeah, I was there for a while, and then once I tore my ACL, I was like, well, I don't really have a reason to go there right yeah. now, and it's like a little pricey. So I was yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna. Skip and a little some. bougie. The Franklin one's bougie. I I loved it. That's yeah, well, it's why, very nice. Uh, honestly, yeah, that's why I, I was great. like, it's yeah. bougie. I like it. Yeah, but, but then, but now I'm like, realistically, I should just go to the rec center. Like, yeah. it's so much cheaper. And then my trainer at Lifetime left, so okay. I was like, eh, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving then. But the so. but the secret hooper hoopers of uh, Williamson, Williamson County, County go to the rec center. I think so. Yeah. That like when I looked when I was there the other day, I was like, these are some hoopers. I oh here, yeah. So. Now that's cool because I I mean playing pick pickup basketball is incredible. It's like the best card you could do, but it's also yeah. like the most dangerous thing you could do as an athlete because you yep. roll in ankle tear something right. um and those games get aggressive like when you go to i used to go to the ymca and play pickup yeah. basketball like some of those guys are like x d1 athletes and, i know yeah and like it gets competitive out big. there or you get the guys with egos like oh, i mean they're, they're, they're checking oh, people yeah. they're yep. they're i mean it's it gets aggressive and, yeah. and fights i've been there were like fights, fights or they fight in the parking lot <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it gets it gets heated, man. I know. Pick up basketball ain't no joke. No, I no. know. <laughs> this ain't this ain't the afternoon like senior citizens playing. No, no this is like no. the boys show up. Right, I know. And, there, and there's certain there is like certain times where you know like right the like boys these are, are the coming, hard yeah, hitters. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So that's fun, man. I I've I've strayed from pick up basketball. Now I'm in pickleball. Pickleball is my. You're sport. doing that. <sighs> yeah. I can't stand you pickleballers because you take over the basketball courts. Well, we have our own court. So, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all the gyms I go to, they always take one of the freaking- Because it's the fad. It's it's huge right now. It's it's the craze. And I'm like, I guess I need to get into it. Well, I played, so I I played to... pickleball in college as a class. You did? Okay, okay. So is, you've been doing it for a while. Well, this is back when pickleball, like no one played pickleball. No one knew. Yeah, this exactly. Was like a, this was like a, a country club, like, right. oh, you play pickleball. You know, like, now it's like everyone's doing it. Right. But that was that was 15 years ago. I know. I I'm like, class. I didn't even know pickleball was a thing Yeah, at that now point, it's huge. So. It's right. like Gary Vee's got a team. Does uh, he really? Gronk, uh, Gronkowski, I think Drew Brees. Jeez. Like, so all these teams are being, like, assembled. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, super competitive now. I believe like, that. Like, ex-tennis players, like, I'm not really? going to play tennis. I'm going to, the money's in. Pickleball? Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. And I suck at ping pong. Yeah. So, so you're I, better at this? Yeah, because I can use my feet and right, athleticism right. a little okay. bit. I'm not great at pickleball, yeah. but it's fun. It's a, so that's my that's been. That's do you been do like house. singles or doubles? Or I what? do both. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Does Brie play with you? No, she. I'm gonna try to get into. Well, it. I'm like yeah. she was just pregnant. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Probably not the best time. Yeah, to play she, I'll try to get her on the court soon. Yeah, you know, okay. but it, it is fun. That's like been my my cardio. Yeah. Because racquetball is fun, right? But then oh, you have, but then you have the risk of hitting the wall and like yeah, that's a good point. So I've I've eliminated basketball, eliminated racquetball. All in on pickleball. Okay. It's addicting. Okay. It's like I, it's like the I poor man's golf. Up. Right. I'm like, hey, dude, screw playing golf. I'm gonna yeah. go play pickleball for four hours and play. Right. Well, actually, four hours is pretty extreme. Like you, you could play, you know, within an hour, you could play a few games, and you're like exhausted. Oh, I believe that because it's just like quick, it's, agile. It's movements. nonstop and yeah. it's super competitive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been doing that. So it's been, it's been. You got to get into it. <sighs> Fine. I, I probably have to just because. The courts are taken up, yeah, so fun. I'm like, it's I'm fun. gonna have to at yeah, some yeah, point because yeah. I can't play basketball. With the no, courts. that's that's cool. So yeah. you're just you're just a hooper at, at heart, and yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Like I've I've just always played sports. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. played everything. Yeah, literally. Softball, like, baseball. I played football. Football. Did you yeah, really? yeah. Like yeah. I was one of the few. Well, I was the only girl in my town at that time that played football. Really? So yeah, yeah. Well, that's a little good little segue into yep. like you know what I wanted to talk to you about and have you share and yep. You know, um, for me personally, uh, you know, known you now for over a year yeah. and shoot back. I don't know what over the fall you posted a, 
a blog. Yeah, yeah, probably a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read it, mm-hmm. and it was very open and honest, and very vulnerable, and very real. And um, I mean, you just simply just opened up about things you've even struggled with personally, yeah. you know, yeah. like gender identity mm-hmm. and sexuality yep. and your faith and like just the questions that you've been questioning for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. And in the day and age where it's like, I don't know, there's this, there's these super like hot triggering topics and you've that, been very outspoken about things that, you know, mean, mean a lot to you, yeah. but you, you ask questions and yeah. It seems like you're not afraid to have those conversations. Right. So what, what was the, what's the name of your blog? Uh, it's called Wrestling with a Colon, I think. Yeah. My Thoughts. And it's on stu- Substack. Substack, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so you posted that like mm-hmm. on your story and, yep. and, and kind of uh, through Which Instagram. Which was, was kind of vulnerable for me just because like, honestly, I'm someone who like I am a pretty open book. Like I'm yeah. willing to talk about this kind of stuff with people. Yeah. But it's like it's a little weird for me when like people I work with follow me and they don't know these things about me because yeah. my friends all know this kind of stuff sure, and like yeah. my family. Yeah. But when like outsiders who or maybe even like honestly like childhood friends who like don't know this kind of stuff because I'm not really that yeah. close to them anymore. Yeah. Like when I post this kind of stuff, it feels like. What fe- it feels like I'm living a double life. Like yeah. these people don't fully know me because I'm not really comfortable sharing it in a work setting sure, or like yeah. with people I don't really know yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. And so it's like, it is like, that's the most vulnerable part. It's just like knowing people who are in my life who don't know this about me. Like, well, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Sure. So, so you would classify yourself as like a, a, a tomboy at heart, right? Yes, like 100%. you hundred percent, hundred percent tomboy where yep. you're always playing sports. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're, like I would listen to the podcast yep. you were on uh, with your friend who did an incredible she job. Was so good. And what was really why I was nervous about talking to you about this yeah. because I feel like this conversation between uh, woman to woman mm-hmm. is more yeah, natural. It's yeah, it's more yeah. natural. And then having a man talk to a woman yeah. about this could be uncomfortable. Yeah. And but you and I are friends. Yep. And I love the fact that you were you know. You, you trusted me to sit Absolutely. down and talk talk yeah. about this. Uh, it means a lot to me, but it also I made me nervous because, you know, on some of these topics we'll talk about, like you know, I'm I'm not educated on. Um, Neither I, I, ha- I haven't ha- I haven't had these yeah. conversations with somebody, and um, being a man of faith, it's like, all right, where do I stand right. on these topics? Right. You know, and so, you know, yeah, I've been I really have been praying on this for yeah, a while with uh, with you because, um, yeah, I was just terribly like intimidated and nervous and yeah. a little uncomfortable but just praying for peace and and grace and you know i just really appreciate you coming on here and uh just being vulnerable to a new audience too yeah and with I me and with me too so yeah it all started you know i you uh you, you put your blog out mm-hmm. and i read it and i reached out to him like oh my gosh like wow like thank you for you know opening up and sharing these yeah these tough top these tough topics and uh obviously you've been wrestling with some of this stuff for quite some mm-hmm. time so take us back a little bit you know you mentioned we mentioned you know, being a tomboy yeah. like always yeah. being in sports wearing yep. jerseys i know yep. you mentioned that on, yep. the, on the podcast like i was always the jersey girl you know always. like i always yep. had it and on yeah and uh, still to this day yeah. and uh you you talk about um and, and and remind me of the name of the podcast again uh oh the inadequate the inadequate catholic, catholic? yeah yep, which yep. was an incredible like the title of I that know, is so right? cool it's because great. i know i was raised catholic and okay. and I, I i can relate to that title like you i felt like inadequate 100 okay. yeah 
And I think a lot. And I'm of, not Catholic, so it's kind of yeah. cool to be honest. Well, yeah. as as being raised in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a Christian now, and kind of have moved on from you know just the Catholic faith and and uh, the Catholic Church, and not because you know I don't like it or right. I don't you know I want to you know whatever. There's just things that I don't necessarily agree with, yeah. you know, and but I love certain traditions of it, and I love uh, going. I go, love going to mass like on Easter and Christmas and the mm-hmm. holidays with my family. There's just something really really special. Um, the the scents, the smells, like the I the agree. communion, like yep. there's just so many cool things that I love yeah. about Catholic mass. Um, but now just, uh, you know, kind of in a more non-denominational Catholic Bible or a Christian Bible based yeah. church now. Um, and so a lot of it stems, and we talk about this, this later, but a lot of it stems from my parents being divorced and kind of seeing how they were treated, which what, you know, kind of led me away from the Catholic yeah. church, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah, we we're talking about your uh, inadequate Catholic, mm-hmm. the podcast you're on. You did kind of describe just your your upbringing and, yeah. and your childhood. And kind of early on, you kind of had these struggles with, like, identity, yeah. right? Yeah, very early So we on. can we go, go back a little bit and kind yep. of touch on that. So, like, okay, when I say I'm a tomboy, yeah. like, I think that's almost, like, you know, a, a lot of girls throw that out. Like, I was such a tomboy growing up. And it's like, for me, like, I was not just a tomboy. I literally... I think sometimes I thought I was a boy. Yeah. And so that's where kind of the difference between me and like the normal uh, tomboy girl thing comes into play. So, I mean, for example, like, yes, I played sports, but I wore jerseys all the time. People literally thought because I had short hair, too, I was a boy. Yeah. So little kids would come up to me and well, this was probably when I was more of like a teenager, but they would come up and point to their mom and be like, hey, is that a boy or a girl? And yeah. I'm like, I'm standing right here. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so awkward. But you know how kids are. Like, yeah. they're unfiltered. And then I, I mentioned these two instances instances specifically in that blog, but we were at uh, uh, an amusement park in Cincinnati, my friends and I, in like a, I think we went with our like choir group or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And this kid like comes up to all the guys and is like, doing a titty twister i hate that word but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they were doing and then did that to me and he goes uh wow those are some big ones and i'm like well that's because i'm a girl like yeah, wow. and, and i didn't say that but that's what i'm thinking inside i'm like do you not realize that i am a girl just because i don't look like the standard girl yeah. doesn't mean i'm not yeah and then the i think honestly the one that like really like makes me the saddest about my childhood is uh when i was i think i was in fourth grade and we were like, I think it was the first day of class. We just met our teacher and um, she is like calling out our names and she calls out the name Kira. And of course I raised my hand like, hey, that's me. Yeah. She literally didn't believe me. She didn't think that wow. that was me. Yeah. And because it was because I don't look like a girl. Yeah. And so she I think she literally thought my name was Spencer. Okay. She, I think she said something like, no, you must be Spencer. And my friends in the class had to speak up for me and be like, no, this is Kira. Like, we promise you this is Kira. She's not lying. So it's I describe a lot of my childhood. And it's funny because, like, I really did have a solid group of parents, a solid parents. Like, they were very supportive of me. I was very close to them. I still am. But the biggest thing for me was, like, I just didn't understand my identity. Yeah. I think one, because, well, I did, I grew up a lot with my dad and my brother. Like my mom was kind of the breadwinner of the family. So yeah. she was gone more often. She, it's not like she was 24 seven working, but yeah. like 
but my dad was a stay-at-home dad. So okay. I I grew up with my dad and my brother. Yeah. So I did, you know, more masculine things probably, but I don't think that's what created this confusion for me. I think maybe it exacerbated it a little bit. Yeah. But I really think ever since I was a young, young kid, probably like two or three years old from what I can remember, I was very uncomfortable wearing like girl clothes. Um, so just... And I, I even had a crush on a girl, like, probably seven or eight years old, something like that. So just a very young age, I was like, I'm not comfortable in my body, and I, like, I, th- I think I like girls, but I don't really know, and it feels uncomfortable, so I just, I'm just yeah. not going to talk about it, this with anyone. Yeah, so those early feelings of, like, the attraction of the, another girl or something like that, yeah. was it more of, like, like, looking back, do you think it was, like, literally, like, an uh, um, emotional connection with them? Or the fact that you kind of wished you were in their shoes? That's a really good question. Yeah. Maybe a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. Like, definitely the emotional connection for sure. Yeah. And I was, like, physically attracted to women, too. Yeah. But, um, But I also think probably, like, I still have this now. Like, I wish that I could be more of, like, a feminine woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've realized that just how you look externally doesn't mean you're like a feminine woman. Sure. Like yeah, yeah. your soul is more feminine mm-hmm. in my opinion. But yeah. like I just the way these women looked, I'm like, man, I wish I could be like that. And I yeah. just knew I never would because I wasn't born that way. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, really the, the time that you've shared this, the vlog or the blog, uh-huh. you know, yeah. it's in, in sharing your story um, comes at a time where like, this is such Hot a polarizing topic. Yep. like topic, you yep. know, um, gender identity, gender crisis. Yeah. Um, I mean, the transitional, mm-hmm. the surgeries, yep. um, you know, kind of describe just your stance on these major topics yeah. as far as like, especially when it comes to the the gender identity and crisis part of it where, you know, children are now, you know, getting the sex change sur- yep. surgeries. Yep. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe like Vanderbilt, is one so. of the leading yep. institutions medically yep. that are pre- doing these procedures. Yep. Um, and that's right down the street. Right. You know, and you would think that, you know, we're this is more of a conservative like mm-hmm. area. Yeah, I know. Being in the quote unquote South. Yeah. But they're one of the leading they institutions mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. And, and you would never know. Right. And so um, I mean, talk about that because I, I mean, I'm so like uneducated on it. Yeah. It's it's such a powerful thing to talk about. It's very emotional. Absolutely. Um, people call it mutilation. People mm-hmm. call I mean, there's there's so many things that go along with it. I mean, as someone who struggles with, like, the identity mm-hmm. of gender, um, maybe just talk about that a little bit on, on yeah. just how the topic now of, of this crisis. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I'll be honest, like, I have my days where I'm, like, judgmental about it. And yeah. then I have my days where I'm, like, also trying to be compassionate sure, about it. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I'll try to be in my, on my compassionate side right yeah, now. But yeah. Like, honestly, I'm very glad that I was never approached about being transitioned. Like, I grew up in a good time, I, I mean, think, for that. Was it even that a, wasn't thing? a thing? Yeah. Well, it, like, obviously, people, some people transition. But I don't really think kids did at that point. Yeah. And, like, it, and, like, it wasn't people in the school weren't like saying like, Hey, maybe you should transition because you don't feel comfortable being in the body that you have, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I'm fortunate that I grew up in the time that I did. And I think, like, honestly, my deepest belief about this, and I know that this is a controversial belief, but at the end of the day, it's my opinion from my own experiences, um, is that when people transition, they're actually running away from who they actually are. Mm -hmm. um, Because 
I mean, at the end of the day, like, especially when you get these procedures, they are cosmetic. So, like, they're they're not making you become more of who you are. Even with, like, plastic surgery and stuff, I think the same thing. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. if I were to get, which, listen, like, I have friends who get Botox and stuff like that. I respect them for it. I'm talking about more for myself. But if I were to do those things, I would actually feel less like myself. Yeah. Because... It is supposed to be a better version of you, but like, isn't the better version of me just who I am right now sure, with like yeah. no added added things? Yeah. So, like, that's I just feel like people who like people who transition are just running away from who they are, yeah. even though their argument is no, I'm actually becoming myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I don't think so, because I am a firm believer that like you are born in the right body, no matter if you have disabilities, if you don't like how you look like I really believe that every person is born in the right body. And maybe because I'm a believer in God, that like God doesn't make mistakes when he creates yeah. all of us. This episode is sponsored by the Stay Ready brand, because why not? I'm going to sponsor myself until somebody else does to get your hands on some sweet hats, T-shirts and all Stay Ready related merch. Visit MattOvertonBrand.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah, when you say God doesn't make mistakes, I like I was thinking about this this morning. It's like, as a man of faith, yes, mm-hmm. I believe that God doesn't make mistakes, but it's easy for me to say that when I don't struggle mm. internally with gender identity or homosexuality yeah. or some of these things or or being disabled, yeah. right? I mean, how would I feel if I was, you know, uh, you know, born with, uh, you know. Uh, you know, some sort of condition that right. kept me from playing sports or right. something like that. So right. it's so easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, God doesn't make mistakes when mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with something like, True. you know, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about faith, like coming into the picture, like, I mean, you got, I mean, you struggle with this internally and you've done it for essentially your whole life. Sounds yeah, like literally. as soon as like two, mm-hmm. you said two or three years old. Yeah. You know, from like and, truly when I can remember three, probably yeah. three or four years old, something like that. You know, where does faith come into you? Like you just said, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I believe God doesn't make mistakes, yeah. you know, like where does that start for you? Um, and then how did that come into play when you started, like, as you were growing older and making these decisions for yourselves and, and, you know, um, how did that help you kind of cope or mm-hmm. you know through the struggle yeah 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 how did what did that did, were you raised in the in the church or no actually okay. um my so my mom's jewish and okay. then my dad is like i mean i guess technically some people in his family are christian but okay. like yeah like neither of them were religious or anything no yeah. like we celebrated hanukkah and christmas but sure. like not yeah. in the religious sense like yeah, just because yeah. they were fun activities yeah, so yeah. um i wasn't really and I'm grateful that I actually wasn't born yeah. in the church or yeah. like didn't grow up in the church because I, especially with like the types of parents who would like force it on you, because mm-hmm. I know I'm like a rebellious type where yeah. I, I'm very like independent. I like doing my own thing. So if someone tried to push that on me, like I know I would have gone away from church if that were the case. Yeah. But I, um, I actually got involved in young life when I was in high school. Yeah, um, yeah. And that really like that honestly just it invited me to who God is. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not a super, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a super religious Christian or anything like that, but yeah. I really try to just involve God in my everyday life as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I literally journal to well, every, every time I journal, which I try to do every day, it yeah. doesn't always happen, but I always 
journal to God yeah. because I feel like that's my best way of communicating like with a, him. It's like your prayer yeah. and communication. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like I'm literally having a written conversation with God every time I do that. Yeah. So I, but okay, where God really played into this specifically is so, well, okay, I'll go back a little bit, but this, uh, I, I had this like big problem growing up. So for like, I think 10 years of my life, I pretended to be a man online. So catfishing is what that is. Mm-hmm. And I, um, what did I do? I catfished women. I think because, I think because I, I was attracted to women. I'm also attracted to men, but yeah. that's like, I don't have really a shame about being attracted to men. Yeah. I think my shame being attracted to women was like, I want to do this secretively so I can like know what it's like to be with a woman, even yeah. though I'm not physically with one. Yeah. Um, and so I literally, for 10 years, I think, eight yeah. to 10 years, was yeah. like catfishing women online, took it to like some really bad extremes. Um, and like I, I lied. So like obviously the whole thing is lying, but yeah, like yeah. just the specific lies I would come up with, like who this person was that I created, like this person was a drug addict. Like I was just yeah. to get sympathy and all this kind of stuff. And I like I... I finally, after being caught multiple times, it didn't, it wasn't the first time that I was caught that I finally decided to stop. Like it took multiple times, like an addict. Um, I finally stopped and after being caught and, uh, that I would say that was when faith really played the biggest role in my life Mm -hmm. because honestly, I didn't really have anyone at that point. I didn't have these people that I was catfishing anymore because they hated me or like, or some of them actually didn't hate me, but they were like, I just, I, I can't really talk to you right now. Like, sorry, this is too painful. Like, I yeah. forgive you, but I can't talk to you. Yeah. Um. Well, seeing their some of their forgiveness of me showed me that, like, God actually would forgive me for what I did to these people. Yeah. But just being, I was so alone in this situation that I didn't have anyone to turn to. I wasn't, I wasn't willing to share this with anyone at this yeah. point. I wasn't willing to share it with my, my parents, my friends, anyone. Um, so I literally was alone and I'm like, I have nowhere else to turn except for God. So I just, this was the hardest point of my life was like living in this period of, I, I just quit this addiction. Essentially. I don't know where to turn, what to do, but all I can do is just talk to God. So that's when I, my faith like really became a big part of my life. And from there I realized just the power of telling your story and how every time you do it. Um, uh, you like, it like takes a little bit of shame off of you. So I like started from there kind of opening up to people. I opened up to my parents. I actually told the person's identity that I took that I stole his identity. Yeah. Like crazy stuff like that. Um, obviously I had already told, well, I, I went and told some of the women that I catfished that didn't know that I was like doing this. Now were these people like in your town or um, people that you knew no, or just No, they were like people from all over the place. Literally like these girls were in like Utah and California. Okay. Yeah, like crazy. So you like never that. personally met them. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it, it did start out with my friend and I who is actually she's gay and like we didn't talk about the stuff at the time, but uh she we started like catfishing a girl in our town together okay but she like stopped doing it yeah and i just took it to a whole extreme yeah. yeah so like on, on dating apps and stuff like that or um, facebook MySpace. It was, yeah it was all like facebook and myspace yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god myspace I know. yeah that's what it was yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean during that time like i remember like 
being catfished too. And really? Yeah. And yeah. Like you just at the time, no one knew until that show came out. Like it, I know. It and was and when that thing, show yeah. came out, there was so much shame for me. I couldn't watch it. I still to yeah. this day, I'm like, I feel a little uncomfortable about it, about yeah. watching it. Yeah. I want to at some point, but well, the biggest one recently was the Manti Teo story. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, you probably knew more about it at the time when it was not, happening. I mean, not really. I, I mean, anything. I knew, I knew obviously the story yeah. about, you know, this, uh, this girlfriend that he had yep. and he was very outspoken about her yep. and getting, or I believe they got engaged or. I think so. Anyway, maybe not engaged, but then the cancer story yes. and him losing his girlfriend, yep. it became a national. Yep attention because of the fact that he was like a Heisman candidate and all that right. kind of stuff. The documentary is incredible. So if you guys, so good. if you guys haven't seen it, go see that. But yeah. the, the real life person behind, you know, the, the person catfishing, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a man yep. who, you know, transitioned into a woman yep. Yep. and struggled with, um, gender, sexuality, gender, sexuality, yep. all those things. And, and I mean, duped Manti mm-hmm. into, you know, believing that yep. this was somebody that, you know, he was and it, right. it really wasn't right. and it all comes full circle mm-hmm. but it really i mean it took a toll on both of them i mean oh absolutely it it mentally just yep. the the shame and the stress and the emotional side of because i mean they were like in, emotionally invested in each other for well, exactly a, quite some time yeah you know well and that like i have so much empathy for i think it's a he technically like well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i forget i forget his name her name yeah and i will say like I don't know specifically where I stand with like the pronouns thing because I'm yeah. like, ah, but you are a man. Like to me, it's like if you're born that way, then like that's who you are. Sure, so I feel yeah. like I should call you that. But and also, I, I, I have that same stance too. Yeah, and I yeah. know it's very like, it's controversial. It is. And you don't want to feel like you're not loving that person. Right. But it's like, hey, like but it's I hard for you, you to convince you me. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for you to convince me that you're not something that you really are. Right. Biologically. Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. And so like, I mean, pronouns aside, like the person who catfished Manti, I actually have so much empathy for it because obviously I was in that position myself. And I think so many people hated him for that. And it's like, I I understand, like, I, I think there is a level of hate that people should have towards me in a way, like specifically the people that I catfished, Mm -hmm. but because like, honestly, I, it was a selfish thing. Like, that's just the truth of it. I was being totally selfish and but but the thing is, like, they don't know how much that person is struggling deep inside. Yeah. And, like, to do something like that and then to come clean about it later on is actually – it's very courageous. I mean, there are – it's not – I don't think that person's a sociopath because they're coming clean about it and they're, like, so sorry for it. Like, most sociopaths would just go on living their lives like nothing happened. Yeah. So, like, that's why I have so much empathy for that person who did that to Manti. I forget his name. I don't remember. But, I, I, I mean, it's a, it's – it's a very powerful story, mm-hmm. you yeah, know? and I mean, very emotional documentary. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah and so that it was like, it was like pretty intense for me to watch just because it was like I was it living. Took you back yeah, to those places, huh? literally. Yeah. It took me back to everything. Like, yeah. you know, he said, I think too that he was. Oh yeah, like he faked his death. I did that. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, people don't understand. Well, it's that, almost but to that's the point you where do. you lie so much that you have to keep the lie you going. Have you have to. There's no turning back. No, no, yeah. because exactly like. I, and I never convinced myself that I was the person that was, like, the one catfishing. Yeah. There was always a separation for me of, like, this is Kira and Jeremy was the person that I created, mm-hmm. the catfishing person. So there's always a separation for me. But, uh, it like, even to this day, 
I mean, last night, for example, I still had a dream. I, like literally last night, I had a dream that I was catfishing a woman and I was being Jeremy, yeah. which is crazy because I've, I'm so far gone from like living that life now. Yeah. And I'm like, how is it still literally in my mind? I mean, it's traumatic and traumatic things I guess you so. went through. Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. And so like, I'm trying to work through that specifically in therapy of like, figuring out why I almost have these two identities living inside me, like Kira and yeah. then Jeremy and yeah. like why, why I can't just be Kira. So, I mean, it, it actually kind of impacts my, like my like relationship life. So I like, I can't picture myself with a woman. I can only picture Jeremy being with a woman, okay. but I can picture Kira being with a man. I, I don't picture Jeremy being with a man, but that wouldn't really make sense if I did. Yeah. But, uh, so like, th that's the other thing is, and and I've I've asked this with my therapist. I'm like, is it like an internalized homophobia that I have where I can't picture myself being with a woman because I'm too afraid that that's like a problem, or is it maybe more of like a protection thing? Like maybe I actually don't want to be with a woman, and so I can't picture myself with mm -hmm. a woman. So, uh, what I've realized about like all of this stuff is there's so many layers to it, yeah. like sexuality, yeah. and I think this for everyone. Like, I think you know, anyone who struggles with like objectifying people, porn, whatever, like there's so many layers to why people struggle with these things. And for me, I think a lot of my layers are like, okay, I, I am attracted to women. I struggled with my gender. I was also sexually abused as a child. So yeah. like, there's, there's just a lot of layers here that I think are all kind of interconnected, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out. It's just something I'm always wrestling with is what yeah. I've learned. Yeah. I mean, and this is more of a personal question, but yeah. have you ever, act, as an adult, have you ever mm -hmm. acted out physically Great like question. with with the attraction to yeah. a male or female? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. not really. Um, I, Which is, that's... <laughs> well, I know. I mean, wow. Yeah. I think because, yeah. like, and, and I'm honestly jealous of people who, whether you're straight or gay, like, if you can just, like, be in a relationship without, like, having all these insane thoughts, yeah. I'm jealous of those people because I have so many – it's like a war going in, on inside my mind. There's a reason why I'm not – I haven't been in a relationship since eighth grade, and that was a two-day relationship, like, yeah. I, because it was so – uncomfortable a handwritten letter like hey will you go out with me and then you get you go in two days later hey i, I, I want to break up we, check yes or no right literally <laughs> well i broke up with him over text so oh, i'm like oh, but go. but he, yeah. he was he was a kid at my school sure, so like yeah. i did actually know him in person yeah. at least yeah. but uh but like that's the thing i'm i'm so uncomfortable about being in relationships because i have this like war going on inside sure, my head yeah. that like yeah that like prevents me from wanting to be in a relationship although it's interesting because I have a desire and then I also am like, I have all this stuff happening inside my head that's like, don't do it, don't do it. It's too yeah. much to deal with yeah. and it's too much to figure out. So that's like, I'm working through that stuff right now in therapy because I have a desire to be in a relationship. I just, I kind of need to try and figure out like, who who am I meant to be with? Like, is it a woman or is it a man? Yeah. Or do I not even need to worry about that? Like, yeah. is the right person going to come into my life and am yeah. I going to know? Yeah. I don't know. And you may have talked about this on the podcast, but do you have a desire to be a mom and yeah, yeah, I do bear children mm -hmm. and and I I didn't until more recently when I started like realizing what makes a woman a woman, and I'm not saying like it's you have to be able to bear a child because obviously there are so many women who yeah. are not able to bear children, yeah. so I don't think it's that, but it's just it's like the internal instinct of wanting to like nurture somebody mm -hmm. and like having. 
like men have this too, obviously, but women, I think a little bit more compassion and empathy, like more sure, natural, yeah. I would say yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, and like just emotional intelligence, wanting to like, you know, sit with their child and hear what they're going through versus like, let's just solve this problem, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, and so I think kind of realizing like what it is about me that like makes me specifically a woman. I don't know how to define a woman, but for me, it's like having those qualities in my soul. Yeah, That's what I've realized. I'm like, you know what? I actually think I could be a decent mom and I would actually be interested in having a child at some point, but I don't want to be a single mom because that just sounds like very, very difficult. So mm -hmm. I'm like, if I don't have to do that, yeah. I don't really want to. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, that's the problem. I kind of need to be in a relationship, and I don't know if it's with a man or a woman yeah. is the problem. Yeah, so, I mean, when you say you don't act on, like, the relationship aspect or yeah. being physical um, with a man or a woman, like, mm -hmm. do you is it is the fear um, which strays you away, is it your faith? Like, do you mm. believe in homosexuality? Do you believe it's a sin? Do you believe, like, yeah, where does, where, where are you, like, towing the line mm -hmm. with w your faith? You know, like, I know you may not go to church or... Or whatnot, but you believe in you have a, you have a yep. relationship with God. Yep. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yep. I mean, as a Christian man, I mean, yeah. again, this is my stance as a as a as a believer yeah. is you know not believing in homosexuality that it is a sin. Right. But at the same time, having the position of grace. Yes. Where we lean into these difficult conversations right. and struggles that a lot of people have. Right. Um, about like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's in, I know so many pastors have the incredible task of not only leading a church, right. but having, they have to carve out some sermons. Like we have to talk about it, but so many churches we and pastors don't, I know they just want to talk about prosperity and this, right. you know, like, right. and cause that's the easier stuff one, to talk and it's about. The feel good stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? oh, so You're, true. And the, what I, I really respect and I'll, I'll, throw my guy out yeah. there, you know, Pastor uh, Aaron Brockett, Churches Point back in Indianapolis. Okay. He has those co difficult That's conversations. And yes, he's yep. going to get the hate mail. Yep. He's going to get the comments to, right. and he's going to lose people. People are going to stand up and get out. Right. Whether they're just, you know, the traditional like, hey, like I believe this is right or wrong. And, yeah. you know, they're not open-minded. Right. Um, right. Oh, there's so many people like that. And, and it's unfortunate. And then again, mm -hmm. we talk about, when we talk about like faith and, and Christians and like, we are our own worst enemies because, you know, we, you know, when we act in those ways, we're not, you know, loving like Jesus no, did and does. And we're actually pushing people away. Yep. Yep. And so when it comes to the topic of homosexuality, now we're dealing with, you know, gender crisis and identity um, pronouns and mm -hmm. this, that mm -hmm. and the other. Like there's so many things that have come about in the past. It really seems like three to four mm -hmm. years. Yep. Um, where maybe you know 30 years ago homosexual homosexuality was very taboo wasn't yep. talked about yep. and then you kind of progress where now people are more open about it you have right. you have pride month and right. pride parades and then it transitions to the trans I know and then it goes it just, just keeps crazy, it just honestly. keeps evolving and yep. it keeps growing and yep. now there's just so many things and it's like you don't you, you can be a million genders now, 100 genders and you, can, and you could be a cat <laughs> yeah, if you wanted I, I to know I know so there's just so many things it's just it's gotten a little crazy mm -hmm. um and I go back to kind of like your urges because I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't relate to, you know, um, being attracted to the same sex yeah. and having those urges. But, you know, the things that you struggle with your faith, like how, again, I want to ask, like, how do you, is there like a massive conviction 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great question because I would say that like that is something I wrestle with all the time. I'm yeah. like, I think my faith says it is a sin. Yeah. And the reason why this actually it kind of goes back to Catholicism a little bit. Have you read Theology of the Body? I haven't. No. So it's all about like it's the study of the body, essentially. Okay. So yeah. and a lot of it has to do with sexuality yeah. and like like why uh, why sex outside of marriage is a sin, why same sex uh, relationships, not attraction, but relationships specifically are sin, that kind yep. of stuff. And I mean, again, it's controversial, but like at the end of the day, I, I just think physically our bodies, a man and a woman like that, that's supposed to happen. Yeah. I don't, because I think, well, here's why. Okay. Because I think the two reasons for, um, like having sex and intimacy and that kind of stuff. One would be obviously reproduction yeah. and making kids. But yeah. the second thing is like, and I guess realistically someone could say a woman, two women or two men could do this, but like it's to value the per value, the person that you're with. Like yeah. it, it's intimacy. It's yeah. not about like, like using someone for your pleasure. It's yeah. like you both, you both are like getting closer to each other in this moment and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I just think, Specifically with like the physicality of it, I do think it's a sin because my body is literally not meant to be in another woman's body. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but then you have those desires. So it's like you're just exactly. Like, and that's what's so hard yeah. about it. So I, yeah. I always ask him like, well, God, why would you give me these desires then if it's and, a and sin? And that goes, that goes back to the point where mm -hmm. if you believe God doesn't make mistakes, I know. why am yep. I struggling? Oh, that's a great I mean, question. it's like. Yeah. God, I believe this, but why can't right. I, you know, get rid of this urge right. and desire or thoughts, right. you know? And it's like, I can't relate with that. I mm -hmm. mean, I can relate with like certain sin and th certain things yeah. that I'm tempted by, but when it comes to like same sex, you know, uh, marriages or yeah. relationships or attraction, like I just can't, I yeah. can't get there. Yeah. And so like, I, I just, my, my prayer for you is just like mm -hmm. that you can you somehow God can reveal some of those struggles and, and give you peace and give you direction, yeah. you know, and, and discernment. And, but you've been, it's just like, yeah, I, I can't even imagine like the struggles. Like it's kind of crazy. Uh, obviously everyone has their own struggles, sure. but like, this is definitely one that I know that I will bear for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, and I realized like, to be honest, I don't know if I'm ever going to figure this out. And I'm, yeah. I've learned, like, I don't necessarily know if that's what God wants for me. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if God wants to heal me of my same-sex attraction. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not someone who necessarily believes in conversion therapy. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think I believe in conversion therapy. But yeah. I also, like. And that, and, that, and that is what actually, like, cosmetic surgery did. Well, no, sorry. That would be, like, praying the gay away, essentially. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So that would be, okay. like, for that. But. Then I also don't believe in people who are like, oh, I'm coming out as bi or I'm coming out as as uh, lesbian or gay or whatever. Like, I'm like, listen, I struggle with my sexuality. Yeah. I am attracted to men. I am attracted to women. I think I do think it's a chemical. I think attraction is chemical yeah. because I've just done some research on like some of the science behind it. And I actually think a lot of uh like more masculine women so like me have higher levels of testosterone mm -hmm. and i like i've never had that tested for myself so i don't know if that's 100 percent accurate but it makes a lot of sense to me yeah. um obviously just based on the things i'm interested in and stuff too mm -hmm. but i do think it's a chemical imbalance so it's not something that i can just get rid of yeah. i don't think my same-sex attraction but 
I also ask myself, is it something I have to act on? I don't know. Yeah. And that like this is something that I wrestle with every single day. I don't know if I'm if it's a sin. I, I don't 100 percent know if it's a sin for me to be with a woman like my I think my belief and probably because my belief in God says it is. That's what like keeps me from kind of doing it. But I don't I don't know if that's the right way. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, when you hear that homosexuality is a mental illness, when mm-hmm. you hear that, you know, trans is an illness, yep. all this kind of stuff, how does that make you feel? Like, do you feel like you have a mental illness? You, me- you mentioned a chemical imbalance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or a surplus which, of. Which is, I guess, technically probably is a mental illness because if you think about all the. But when you mental hear when you when you hear mental illness, you, it's such a derog like a it is it's absolutely. a demeaning yep. like yep. term yep. where like something is obviously very very wrong with right. you. Right. But well, you are also a very I mean yes internally you struggle with certain things that right. a lot of people don't but you are a very normal I try prosperous individual. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm not. That's a good point. Like. And and I think that's where the stigma of like mental pretty, illness irrational. comes along. You're rational. And, yeah, you know? and, and that's that that's definitely what I pride myself on is like being. I, I just try to take in different perspectives of things. Yeah. So yeah, that's compassion, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I guess it's kind of offensive in a way. But I do think like I do believe I've never been diagnosed, but I do believe I have gender dysphoria or at least had it when I was a kid. Okay. Can you explain that just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is pretty much where you believe that you're like, you truly believe you're born in the wrong body. Um, although I never, I, I, I just, my thing was, I always thought it would be easy. My life would be so much easier if I was a man. Yeah. So I was like, why God, why the hell didn't you make me a man? Like it would have been so much easier. Mm -hmm. This being attracted to women would have been easier, all that stuff. But you would have been in the NBA. I would have been in you the been, NBA. You would have been 6'6", six, six, you know? Like, yeah, I mean. Didn't even think about yeah. that. Damn. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even think about yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, life would have been so much easier, I think, if I was a man. And, okay, I, I don't remember the criteria of gender dysphoria, but there mm-hmm. are, like, I think there's eight points of, like, things that this if you have three to five of them, like it means that you suffer with gender dysphoria. And I did have three, I think of the eight, three, I might've had five actually. And I don't remember specifically what the points are, but it's like, it is a, now they, in the DSM four, which is like the diagnostical statistical manual of, of mental health or whatever. Um, in the DSM four, I think they had gender dysphoria listed as a mental illness in DSM five. I think they took it out probably because it's like, everything that's going on in the world they're like oh we don't want to put the stigma on people who have that so i like i do think having that kind of stuff is (laughs) this sounds kind of harsh but i think it's a mental problem like i mean it's obviously a mental problem for me it's something that like i struggle with every day and it is it's impacting my relationships it's impacting my life like not all aspects of my life to where I can't work, I can't make money for myself, that kind of stuff. I can't have friends, but it is impacting me to a point where I don't, I have a hard time being in a relationship because I don't even know if I have the desire to be in a relationship because it's just so overwhelming. Yeah. So I do, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily a hundred percent know on all this stuff if it's a mental illness, but like it, it, it is a mental problem for yeah. sure. Yeah. And same with like, I mean, that's, that's the sexual attraction and that's also the uh the um like gender stuff specifically sure too. sure 
you know, you say you're going through therapy. Have you ever had mm-hmm. like pastoral like therapy, like no, sitting down with like a pastor and no. like kind of getting their take on it? Mm-mm. And I, I would, I would have to think that it would be very, very like uneasy or intimidating to mm-hmm. go speak to a pastor because it could be very, very judgmental, obviously, right? right? right. I know that. Do you do you go to me. church at all? I used to, yeah. yeah. And I like, I don't, I don't hate church at all. Like, I actually like it a lot. Like, how, just... yeah, but how when you when you go like. Have you been as an adult? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How how do you feel? And when you walk into church, like, mm-hmm. how does it make you? Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you feel yeah. like I can't be myself here? I mean, Mm-mm. because Cause church of those can conversations be a, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. church can be very intimidating. Right. And, it, and, you know, people who, you know, stray away from the church, it's, it's because of the way they've been treated. Right. You know, and like right. I say, it goes back to like Christians. We, you know, we like to say that we love God, we love Jesus, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily always love like right. Jesus does. Oh, so true. And we don't have grace. We don't live with compassion and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. And we just, we push people away. Yeah. And sometimes we do it not even knowing. You no, know? I know. And, and um, that's why being so open-minded and compassionate and having the grace, mm-hmm. because we've, we all need grace. We're all right. broken people. Right. And uh, I just I want to you to talk talk about just your experience within church like mm-hmm. was there any has there ever been a moment where you're like oh my god that just like that triggers me in a way where i don't feel like i'm welcomed as me honestly no like it's it's not like necessarily comfortable when a pastor says from the stage like homosexuality is a sin and they i don't think anymore they really say it in those specific terms but when they like talk about that yeah. thing specifically yeah. like it's not 100% comfortable but I know that people believe that. So I'm like, I I mean, you believe what you believe. But my thing is, okay, if you think that, like, I hope that you can also sit down with someone who actually has these problems and you can have a conversation with them and you can listen to them and not just start preaching at them. Like that, that's my biggest thing is like, I, like, I, I literally hang out with people who have significantly different beliefs than me who like don't who literally don't agree with anything that I believe in, but I, they're still my friend because like I'm interested in hearing their perspective on things that I don't agree with. And it's okay because I'm, I'm just not that offended by that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think because honestly, because I grew up in a very small conservative town and I realized that people don't know what they don't know and ignorance I'm not saying ignorance is bliss because I don't really believe that. But, like, I just think, like, I am ignorant to what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so same with the people who are in my small town. They're ignorant to what they don't know. And people who live in a big city, they're ignorant to people who live in small towns. They don't understand them. The only way that you can better understand someone is if you have a conversation with them. For sure. and, And you, like, surround yourself with people you don't understand. But, like, in the church specifically, I mean... I do. I could see why people could get offended by a lot of those things because, you know, it's it's made me like slightly uncomfortable to hear those things. But I've never left a church because of that. Whereas I have had friends who have left the church because like they take a stance on homosexuality and stuff like that. Sure. And and that's because those people are living out lives where they are gay and they're like they are in a relationship with a woman or with a man if they're a man. Like yeah. so I, I can understand why they don't feel welcome in those environments because what the church is saying is directly contrasting what they are living. Yeah. And that's hard. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm just like, I'm so interested in like just your perspective and, you know, how you, how you handle it, you know, on, on from a faith perspective, like, yeah. you know, you can go get therapy from 
every walks of life that right. will cater to what mm-hmm. you want to hear. Absolutely. And in therapy, have you have you just had has there been times where I don't know, like your therapist has just said something that like Oh yeah. doesn't feel good. Yep. And yep. the conversation gets kind of salty and mm-hmm. you take offense to things and Yeah, so I actually But have, but have those conversations like been healthy? That's a that's a good question. So I actually had a therapist my not my current therapist but my last one um I think she was definitely more in the camp of like well you should explore being in a relationship with a woman and she kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit with that because yeah. I specifically because I wasn't expressing that I wanted that yeah and I'm like well I think a therapist is kind of support supposed to like support the client yeah. so although man, when I think about these things and I'm like but I don't know. That's why a lot of kids are probably transitioning right now and stuff because they're they're yeah. th- well. Okay, my biggest thing is I don't think a therapist should push their client into anything. Sure. So like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the same with this gender affirmation affirmation therapy. Yeah. Like they're pushing kids into you should have a sex change or whatever. Yeah. Like th- I think this therapist I had before my current one probably was like she probably loves the fact that like women are in relationships with women. So she probably was like you should try exploring that like it'd be great for you and i was just kind of like but i never said i wanted that or like i never really expressed that i wanted this to happen i guess and i I didn't leave her for that reason like i just uh i think that's when i was on my parents health insurance and i got free therapy sessions so but that rubbed me the wrong way my current therapist is very much like i really believe you know what's right Mm -hmm. and you just have to keep we got to keep like exploring this and like like digging deeper but like you know what's right, and yeah. you'll figure it out. Yeah, that's why I ask if you ever sat down with like a pastor or. And I haven't, and that's because not a bad idea. because it's like, all right, well, how do you? How can I? How can I get help mm-hmm. in therapy, or how can I just sit down and have a conversation with somebody who obviously is living, living out biblically? Yeah. And obviously, yep. we are all sinners, so not everyone's perfect. Right. But if I sit down with a pastor who obviously believes that this yep. is right or wrong, but how can they still show me compassion or give me some sort of direction? Right. And I think when we were in church and the sermon was about homosexual, and it was a kind of a series, mm-hmm. uh, like a three-part series. Um, and I think, and the, don't quote me on the, any of this because I'm just trying to recall the, this was a couple of years ago, but I think he said something along the lines like, hey, we, we're, gonna, we're just going to put it on the table that homosexuality is a sin. Mm. And this is what yeah. you struggle with, yeah. but we pray and we just hope that you do not act upon mm-hmm. that sin. Yep. And it, again, this goes back to, you know, me, infidelity. Yeah. You know, this yeah. goes, it, I mean, th- sin is sin. Right. There's not right. one sin that's greater or less than. Right. And everyone struggles with, but with this particular sin, mm-hmm. homosexuality, it's like these people literally have desires. It's not. Yeah. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and you can, you can attest to this, right? Like you said, like, I wish that I don't feel that way, yeah. but it's just yeah. something that I feel and I can't help it. Mm-hmm. And, so it's it's interesting, like when it comes to like quote unquote therapy, like who is the right person to sit down? I know, and like, I know. You know, you yeah. help you guide guide yourself right. through this. You know, and and I I know. I think that's why you have to. I think the biggest thing with all this is like that's why you have to really try and know yourself more. Yeah. And like in my situation, when I know God more, I do know myself more. Yeah. Because. Not every therapist, like no therapist is 100% trustworthy. No person is 100% uh, yeah. Tra- yeah. trustworthy. Like yeah. we all have our own beliefs of stuff and we're all going to, whether we try to or not, we're going to project our own beliefs onto someone. Yep. So like that's why 
I never want to tell someone how to live. Like if people choose to transition, I don't listen when it comes to kids. I don't think that's okay. But when it comes to like adults, I'm like, I don't I don't really agree with your decision because I do think you're escaping who you actually are. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Like do your thing. We can still be friends. I hope like I'm still I can still be friends with you. I hope you can still be friends with me. But like, who am I to tell you that you can't live like that when like I'm not God and and I'm also not you. I, I don't live inside of you. So I don't know what your life is like. So that's why. I mean, I think that is sometimes why like pastors and also therapists and just leaders in general can lead me and other people the wrong ways because it's like you are only looking at things from one point of view and you don't know what it's like to live inside of everyone. But also we need leaders. So, yeah, I I know know. it's just it's a it's just a like very complex. All this stuff. That's what I'm learning. Like this stuff is just so complex and and that's the problem i think people try to simplify it so like you know you have super conservative people being like well it's it's absolutely a sin and like i can't believe you would have that desire or you have the super like liberal people who are like oh my god this is my truth this is my identity and like and and if if you struggle with this and you don't transition or whatever like shame on you and it's like hold up what like we're not all the same people (laughs) so i think Every like this makes life so much more complicated, but everything is just you have to look at people as individuals and like we can't all group each other together and all that kind of stuff, which makes life more complicated. But yeah, I mean, put yourself, let's just say 10 year old version Mm -hmm. lived currently. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. With social media, the peer pressure, the cultural pressure, just this like obviously the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. just really having a m- massive voice nowadays, yeah. whereas before it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, for a kid going through like, the gender crisis or dysphoria, dysphoria, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do you think a 10 year, 10 year, 10 year old you would question transitioning with the pressure that society is putting on kids yeah. now? Yeah, I probably would because I was also someone who would like listen to like more rebellious people too back in the day. So I think I would, because that is still, it's still against the status quo to like transition. So I would probably listen to people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and even like, how do you feel with these, uh, you know, these men, biological Mm -hmm. men coming out Mm -hmm. and I I don't know their names, but they come out and now they're, Mm -hmm. they're claiming to be women. Um, and it almost just kind of diminishes the value of the woman and, what the woman is and what the yeah. woman gives and the experiences of a woman. Yeah. Like for instance, I don't, again, I don't know these, these I quote unquote influencers, <laughs> yeah. but there is a biological man, yeah. like, you know, promoting tampons. Yep. And obviously <laughs> I don't think this it indiv- the same way. This it, yeah. This individual right. has no idea right. what a, a biological female goes through. Yep. Um, that relates that why you would use a tampon. Right. You know, so how, I mean, do those people just like irritate you mm-hmm. because you are a woman, you know yeah. what it feels like to be a woman. Yep. Um, but you also struggle with like identity and, yeah. and gender identity. And I mean, but those, but those people are getting massive platforms right yes. now. And there, you know, there's one that was just on, um, individual with, on, on Drew Barrymore's, uh, um, Dylan Mulvaney. Yep. Yeah. And he's been very outspoken yep. and he's, you know, making this transition and he's claiming to know what it feels girlhood now, specifically now yes yeah. and and how does it sit with you not well yeah and why is that 
Okay, going to be my okay. I'm gonna have like a little bit of compassion here, and I'm also gonna have my like more yeah. judgmental side, I guess. But yeah. the compassion side says, you know what? They're str- they're clearly struggling. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. Whether this person is a like because some of these people are like some of these people are absolutely doing this to like take advantage of women and some people are not. Yeah. So like you have to separate those people first. The people who are trying to take advantage of women, like the ones who are going into uh, female bathrooms, female locker rooms and like literally abusing children or whatever. And yeah. th- they are, I do believe those are few and far between, but it's, it's starting to pop up quite frequent, frequently, like frequently enough to where it's like kind of alarming, I think. Yeah. And those people, like, here's where my compassion is for those people. They must have had something really painful happen in their past to where they, they somehow learned that their bodies are objects and so they must objectify everybody else. Yeah. Um, and so I have compassion for them. However, I don't think that they should be allowed to be in our bathrooms. I absolutely think we should be protected from them. And then my, like... I I also I just I don't love that like they're taking over our sports because we yeah. do have separate sports for yeah, a reason. How do, you, how do you feel about I, that? I really don't like it, and it's just because like the science really does say it's not it's not even science to me. It's common sense. Like oh for sure it is. I have played men's sports. Yeah. I know I played baseball. I played yeah. football. Like I there's a reason why I stopped as a right before I was a teenager. And there's a reason why my parents specifically said, it is dangerous for you to keep playing football. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, but they said it is dangerous for you to keep playing football in middle school. So there's a reason why, because men are bigger and stronger and there's nothing like, like that doesn't make me feel like less of a person because I like, that's just the difference of men and women. Like I I know that I'm better at some things that the, the men at whatever. And I know that you're better than me at like weightlifting and stuff. Like sure, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah. And obviously there are exceptions to every rule, but it's like overall, it's just common sense. Like yeah. men, I like, I don't really want to be playing against men in sports, especially yeah. not physical sports. Like if there's something in wrestling, I never did wrestling, but like football, whatever, Yes, there are some women who play football in college and stuff. Most of them are kickers. I think there was maybe one who wasn't. But yeah. it's like there's a reason why we tap out because men are scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, but but the the culture and society we live in today, yeah. it's like we're they're, they're pushing this agenda where it's like yes. trying to close the gap between male and females right, within right. athletics. And I mean, I it's one, like I have one side where, yeah, I want to support anyone's dream. Right. Yeah, right. me too. Go yep. go do what yep. you want to do. Yep. But when they're actually promoting that, for instance, there was a girl that I think she was like the first Division One football player to ever mm-hmm. sign a scholarship. Oh wow. She did. I mean, she has no business playing yeah. Division One football. I, yeah. I watched the highlights. Right. She went to like a junior college first or a smaller school or whatever the case may she be. She kicker. Or... She was. She was like a receiver. Oh like wow. A, like, okay. But yeah. again, it's no just business. yeah, no business doing yeah. it. But the mainstream media wants to push the story out like this is exactly. going to be the first girl to, like her right. legitimate dream was to play in the nfl be the first woman to play in the right. nfl we know that is not going to happen yeah but we push this like narrative like hey you have to support this right if you don't like you're sexist or right. you're racist or you're a right. bigot and this all kind of stuff and it's just like we live in this like <laughs> crazy like a crazy fantasy? yeah we yeah. live in this crazy and when you talk about fantasy yeah now we're talking about like yeah you know Men can be women. Men can give birth. I know. Men yep. can do this. Women can do like vice versa. Yep. 
And I think it all really, I mean, it really, like, the Bruce Jenner, mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner thing, like, that was a massive... That was the biggest thing. Yeah. That, that's what really set it all off. Yeah, and that was, what, almost 10 years ago now? Eight years yeah. ago? Yeah, that it's was... It's been a while. All, yeah. Which, you know? like, is funny because Bruce Jenner is very much, like, men and women are different, and he's not in the camp of, like... All the different genders. Like he doesn't and... believe he can give birth. No, like yeah. he doesn't believe that kind of stuff. But I think. But the transition aspect yeah. was a ma- yeah. like I want to be my true self. Right. That was his story. Right. And obviously, you take a masculine figure like him because mm-hmm. he was an Olympian. Right. He was good looking. He was on Wheaties. What, was he on the yes. Wheaties? Yes. I mean, yeah. but he was this this athlete that did everything. He was right. the best. Right. And then over time, like you know, just you know whether he, the show the Kardashians and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and uh, who knows if he was like. Obviously, he was struggling with something. Yeah, and I would assume. But it so. was was it the the peer pressure for him to actually do it because people were telling him, "Hey, you, you just need to go live." Could be, yeah. This life that you fantasize about, right? And I think there's been times where people who do make those transitions come back and say, like, "Yeah, they do." Mm-hmm. This is this is wrong. This yep. is awful. Like they don't feel. Obviously, they don't right. not going to feel better. Has there been several examples of that? that so that you know I've of? yeah, I've done. So I've tried to research like both people who have enjoyed their experiences and people who have detransitioned. Yeah. Um. And so there's actually a a girl that's like kind of becoming pretty popular right now. Well, I don't want to use the word popular, but like her. But has her, she done like the surgeries and yeah, like all the stuff? Uh, and okay. she, I think she started when she was fifteen. A boy to a girl, or a girl to a boy. Girl to a boy. Okay. Chloe Cole, that's okay. her name. She's like popping up all over right now. Okay. Um, but she, she had like, she was kind of pushed into transitioning, and she, uh, she, she has autism, and I think she's, and a lot of people have said really? that people on the spectrum, it's like more of a possibility that they would transition. Like those are kind of comorbidities or whatever. Okay. Um, just because of, I think it's almost like they're hyper focus on things or something. Yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, but she she transitioned. I think she started when she was like fifteen. So, so definitely when she testosterone was testosterone treatments yep. and all that yep. kind of stuff. And, and she had a really bad experience with it. And she's like, and she knows now like she has risks of different things because she's had these surgeries. Yeah. She had a double mastectomy. Yeah. And it's like, why? Like, why would you ever want a child to have that stuff? And you, I like, mean, it, they say it's mutilation. I mean, it. It, it is yeah. like I mean, I, and at I fifteen, just, it's like. I know. Gosh, dang, I, I know at 15 we're stubborn. We think we yeah. know everything. We're on top of the world. Yep. Like, we're just little rebels running around, right. know-it-alls. But, gosh, when you're 25, looking back on 15, and even when you're 35, mm-hmm. looking back on 25, yep. dude, the maturity gap so is so different. different. Yep. You know, and that's yep. why it is, it's pretty alarming that mm-hmm. these, you know, uh, you know, prepubescent or, you know, uh, kids that aren't even kids. adults yet, mm-hmm. children I mean, are, children are going this. through... Yeah. I mean, what's the what's the earliest that you know of that someone's done the transition? So, well, I tried to look up like what different states say about it. Yeah, it's so hard to find that information. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, it's kind of like I almost feel like Vanderbilt kind of perhaps does it under the radar. Like, hey, I like think we they all kind of do. Is we offer thing. this, but yeah. don't say we but offer we, it. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm learning is I think that there's massive money behind it. Exactly. Well, and that's. Like, don't get me sorry. I mean, on the modern medical field, like that's, that's big pharma, like uh, exactly. again, right? And yeah, and these are the same people who are like, oh, I'm so an-. well. On one hand, they say I'm anti pharma, and then on the other hand, they're like, Pfizer, all like the vaccines and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so it's it's like there's just a be, scheme be behind consistent everything. Maybe yeah. with some of this stuff, like yeah. I, I, 
I was thinking about this the other day because I was watching the show Dope Sick, which is all about like Appalachia and how uh, Oxycontin really impacted that area. And my my area isn't quite in Appalachia, but like small town Indiana was really impacted by heroin mm-hmm. and people actually did start with Oxycontin and then transition to heroin from that. So I saw the impact that like big pharma had on our small community and Mm -hmm. it's really sad. And the, the thing to me is like, it's these same pharmaceutical companies who are pushing these, uh, like hormone therapy drugs on little children and no offense, but they don't freaking care about kids. Like they don't, they like maybe a little bit, but their number one goal is, money like that's yep. all they want and so why are we supporting these people like, i mean you I are want... you are you and i aren't doctors we don't have a doctor no, we don't no, but no, no. we would have to think it's unethical to provide treatments to yes i couldn't even imagine being a doctor and a young boy or girl coming in and say hey give me testosterone boosters right. or give me t- uh um, estrogen blockers and, right. and do like how could you live with yourself like right Exa- exactly and doing that's, that that's how what i would think too and And I think that's kind of why they're trying to change the narrative of like, no, like this is a good thing you're doing. If you don't, these kids will commit suicide. So it's like a good thing. Like, I think they're trying to like convince these doctors like that's a healthy alternative. Yes. And also, I think now some of these doctors actually have to do this or else they lose their license. So it's like, I I know it's very scary. And so that with kids specifically, I just and this is also just because I'm like. I'm not like a huge proponent of like surgery and stuff unless it's absolutely necessary. Like obviously I got surgery on my knee because I tore it my ACL. Yeah, and but stuff. you consulted several people right. before and actually I, getting I also, your ACL like, done. I know not everyone does that, but like yeah. most of those people who don't don't really go back to sports and stuff and I'm like, well, I needed yeah. to do that. So yeah. it's like if it's absolutely necessary, I understand, but I don't think a lot of these uh like gender transition surgeries are a hundred percent necessary. And yeah. so it's like why are we pushing a double mastectomy on a child? Yeah, no. I see it on TikTok a lot. I know. These, and it's these women huge that, now on TikTok. That, yep. I mean, they, it's, it, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, these these women who has transitioned got the double mastectomies. Yep. I mean, they got the six pack. They got the tattoos. They got the the, yep. the, the, the hair style that yep. I wish I had. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like? <laughs> I would never know. Right. I would I, never I know. I know. know. Yep. And it and it's 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 crazy that there's this kind of like, you know, thing going on mm-hmm. where people are literally changing their de- gender yeah. surgically. Yeah, I know. And, and and my thing is just always, you can change how you look on the outside. This is the same with like cosmetic surgery. Sure, yeah, yeah. You can change all you want on the outside, but yeah. you will never be able to change who you are on the inside. Yeah. So like you need... I'm not going to push some people, but like for me, it's like I need to become comfortable with who I am yeah. on the inside. Yeah. And once I do that, I think I'll be able to accept maybe more who I am on the outside. Yeah. And that's true. Like I've the more I've gone to therapy, the more I've like really tried to figure out like what's what's some trauma that's happened in my past and why am I triggered in this situation? What can I do to not be triggered? And what like what do I need to do to heal myself yeah. so that I can actually love who I am on the outside? And it's not perfect, of course. Like, you know, there are pieces of me on the outside that I still don't love. There are pieces on the inside of me that I still don't love. But yeah. it's like it's a that's a constant life journey to me. Like yeah. you're trying to be okay with who you are. And when you do that, you don't really, I don't need to change who I am. Yeah. I don't need to get plastic surgery. Even yeah. like, I'm not someone who's like, I don't need to get Botox and stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm 
I, I'm, I'm still young though, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm like 50, I might, yeah. I don't know. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm okay with how I look truly. And that's because I think I'm really trying to be okay with who I am on the inside mostly. Yeah. Do you think over time you've really embraced and truly have loved yourself as a woman? Not in the beginning, but definitely more so. I'd say since since probably I was like 25, I've really started to like love yeah. being a woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great to hear. That really yeah. is good to yeah. hear, you know, because I, obviously early on mm-hmm. you were saying like, God, why couldn't why you make me a boy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I still have those moments, but sure. mostly like, and, and I think it's because I've also realized not every woman or not every man is the same. Like yeah. I can wear jerseys still and be a woman. Yeah. I can play sports and still be a woman. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make me less of a woman. I don't, again, I don't know how to define what a woman is, but to me, it's like something about your soul. Yeah. And I just feel like I have the soul of a woman. Yeah. And so I'm like really trying to lean into that. Yes. You love the I, nurturing I love side that. of, like you said. Yeah. I love that side yeah. of me. Yeah. So. And we, we need you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we yes. need that. Yes. And it's like my wife and I, like we, there's things in within parenting, like yep. she's so good at the nurturing side yes. and the patience and yep. sitting there with our, our girls. And mm-hmm. like last night we, I was like ready to go to bed and she's. She's just like so loving, caring, yeah. mm-hmm. and she, she don't. It doesn't matter how much sleep she doesn't get. She's just so there she and she's so engaged. Patience. And oh, I'm the other way. I'm like, amazing. go to sleep, God right. dang it, go to sleep. <laughs> and it, and we ended up fighting because yeah. I'm I'm the opposite. You know, like she's you need to go to bed, right? So, right. right. But it, it, yeah, it's just there's oh man, I, I it is crazy, and I just appreciate just your perspective and your vulnerability, just sharing like these struggles and but the well, stance you. you but the stance that you're taking. Um, to possibly help a lot of people, younger people who are struggling with the same things you're struggling. Because like I said, or like I asked, you know, maybe the 10 or 15 year old you living currently Mm -hmm. would have strayed down a different path. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my hope is that I, my hope is that I reach the people who they're questioning all this stuff. I don't, I don't think my story will like really connect with people who are like super set in their ways one way or the other. So like, no, I'm never going to transition or like, no, I'm, I'm absolutely transitioning. Like, I don't necessarily know if my story would like hit those people, but I think that because I'm someone who like my blog is called wrestling. Like I'm someone who wrestles with pretty much everything you'll see from this conversation. Like I don't, it's hard for me to take a hard stance on something because I wrestle with everything. Like, I think my story would like reach those people the most because Mm -hmm. they're willing to like think about both sides of things and they're willing to like really think about them before making a decision. Yeah. So ever since your, your blog and coming mm-hmm. out, like, have you had, what's been re- the response from like, you know, your family and obviously yeah. I know you've, you've had those conversations yeah. with them and, and close friends, but like since then, how, how has the, what has the conversations been like? Yeah. Have, have people been very open uh, open to having those conversations with yeah. you or do you feel like people like kind of shut down and are yeah. afraid to have those conversations? Well, so for the most part, like my whole thing is I'd rather share this with people in my personal life yeah. before I like share this on a public platform. But now, so, but now that people but, can go on and, and right, read. Right. And so who may not know the people who I would say don't, didn't really know this stuff. Like, I mean, you like yeah. friends from childhood that I don't really talk to anymore. Yeah. Like, the response has been very positive. Um, like ever, even if people don't agree with my stance on things, I think for the most part they see that I'm coming at it from a compassionate way. Yeah. And I mean that's just my hope. Like obviously I'm not always going to be able to do that, but yeah. like I, 
uh, yeah, the support has been very good. And I just, I don't know, I'm like, I, I just feel very compelled to keep sharing this because yeah, please do. Yes. it's something that yeah. I think about all the time. And I, I think it is a fairly unique perspective. Like I've, I've done a lot of research on people who have transitioned, people mm -hmm. who have been against it, people who have detransitioned, all the things. And like, I've never, I haven't heard very many stories from mine specifically of like, they felt like they were going to transition or they, they were very confused about themselves, but they never actually transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they're still confused somewhat about their gender. Like I still am. I've yeah. never really seen that. Yeah. So. Well, I, my, my hope and prayer for you is that you find, you know, some of those answers to your questions. And I, I hope that you find it from through your faith, through talking to God and your relationship with Jesus and like, yeah. Feeling that love. I want you to feel loved more importantly and, and understood. Um, we may, may not ever un understand fully what you're going through, mm -hmm. but a little bit more. Right. That's why I want to have this conversation with you. Like as friends, like mm -hmm. I want to learn because I'm ignorant yeah. on a lot of these topics and I don't want to outstep my my boundaries and say something harsh or brash. Yeah. And, and because like this is something very, very emotional and mm -hmm. painful and, yeah. and deep. And, you know, you hopefully you're like a pioneer in the sense that like you know, you can have these tough conversations right. about this specifically. Right. And, you know, these these young, you know, men or women can come out and say that they're struggling and, mm -hmm. and get the help and and uh, hopefully not be influenced by the world to exactly. to make these harsh and I mean, just life altering decisions life -altering, that yep. that may be incredibly detrimental to them mm -hmm. long term right you know so i i love the fact that you're like just you're just like so loving and and i was nervous i, tr I try not always though <laughs> i was so nervous really? to talk. i was today like leaving the house like yeah. I, I had my wife's like what are you doing like i grabbed my bible did a little prayer and like i'm like i want i've wanted to talk to to you for such a long yeah. time and um but now the day of like i was just getting nervous because i don't want to like say something inappropriate yeah. Yeah. or um offend you in any way i wanted to ask the right questions yeah. and not you know cross the line and and um i just appreciate your vulnerability and, and just because you're just a, such a loving happy-go-lucky person on on the outside but obviously internally struggling with struggling. Yeah, yeah yeah but you're you're just ready to attack it head on and, yeah. and talk you know and and again another intimidating part of me is like you had such a natural beautiful conversation with your friend on yeah. that podcast mm. Which I, I really encourage people to go listen to, Thank you. Um, because she did such a great job, and she was so good you know, her, and yeah. it sounds like she's raised in the Catholic Church, yep. but yep. obviously has her struggles, you know, and right. so, um, it, but it was the conversation that you're, you know, about your struggles seems so much more natural with another female yeah. another lady well i have to say matt this has been so comfortable like i literally well, haven't I'm, had one ounce of anxiety yeah. but i did coming into this too yeah. i was like well also because like i said this before me like it's so weird for me like people who have worked with me or who still work with me or whatever yeah. it feels so weird for me to know for them to know this piece of my story when they didn't before because it felt like i'm living a double life so yeah. i'm like i worked with you so it's yeah. it was like Oh God, is this kind of weird that like now he knows this story and like I was kind of living in a yeah. way a double life. Like it, it just felt weird. But like, and I, so I prayed a ton about it. I, I was yeah. journaling yesterday about it. And I was like, you know what? I've shared this story many times. I've watched your podcast. Like I know that you're amazing at this. And so I'm like, I think it's going to be very comfortable. And then I like literally walking in today, I was like, I actually feel super comfortable. Oh, that means a lot. Yeah. And I, and I really, I just, and appreciate... you've been amazing at this. No, truly. thank you. Thank yeah. you. It means a lot because. 
you know, just t- kind of reflecting on the mission and the purpose of the podcast. It's not, it's not always going to be like faith-based or testimonial yeah. and people being vulnerable, you know, coming right. on here. But I do really hope and pray that this becomes a safe place to talk about difficult stuff, yeah. whether it's your story or my wife sharing postpartum yeah. issues that mm-hmm. she really struggles with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, I, I, I thank you for just trusting me to provide a safe yeah. space for you. Um, and well, any, I'm, and, I'm very and, and, and anyone else. Yeah. So thank you so much. And, and again, I, I really, I hope that we can continue to talk about it just as I friends can. and, yeah. and, and if, if I can, you know, again, I'll, I'll be praying for you for sure. Thank and you. I really mean that because yeah. I know I, we say that a lot. I'll be I, praying I about you. Oh, we say it all the time. <laughs> like, hey girl, I'll pray for yeah. you. And then you, <laughs> it slips your mind and you're like, you don't even think about that person no, for, right. until you see him next. And you're like, oh shoot, I never pray for him. No, exactly. I, and that's one of the, I think that's one of the the biggest faults that we have as, as believers and as, as Christians and right. is we, we say certain things like, you we know, heartfelt prayers to you like when people right. are going through something right. and that's just like our default, like response yep. to, to difficult cir- circumstances. But I really do believe you better in be it. praying that I will. I, cause I believe in the power of prayer. It's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just hope you just, just receive just like discernment in, in, Thank you. in the journey. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think the more that you talk about it, the more that mm-hmm. you educate yourself. I mean, I, I, I really do believe and hope that you get that clarity, Yeah, you know, because yeah. you're seeking it. You've been seeking right. it for a while. And it seems like over time, that's why I asked you, I said, do you, do you love being a woman? Right. And, and I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 And like, and that's the thing. Cause I had to, I had to go through like the painful stuff that, yeah. you know, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to dive into like sexual abuse and that kind of stuff, but I, yeah. I had to go through that process of like yeah. admitting that I was and all that kind of stuff. And then that, all that kind of stuff helped me to become more comfortable with being a woman. Yeah. So, well, I think lastly, uh, yeah. has anybody reached out to you that struggle? No, I don't, I don't really think so. Like from, from the blog specifically. Yeah. From the blog or you just kind of being open about the conversation. No, I, they did when I, so when I had my podcast, people definitely reached out, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I haven't like, I haven't like hardcore promoted my blog. So maybe that's kind of why, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. But you're, okay. you're obviously you're pretty open to talking yeah, to somebody yeah. who, and that's the thing. like yeah. at this point I'm like, I'm not really, this might sound selfish, but I'm not really doing this for other people anymore. Like, I'm just like, I just no. have so many thoughts in my yeah, head. I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to get them out on paper. And, and if and people want to read them, cool. If not, they're, it's like my journaling. Yeah. So. And maybe that's one of the greatest gifts God's given you is this maybe ability so. to, you kind of being, being a sounding board and a voice yeah. with these struggles yeah. and, and helping other people cope with the same struggles, yeah. you know? So thank you. Girl, I love you, man. I, I love you. you I love you. This is... I appreciate your family so much. Oh. I'm like, I like that. I just miss hanging around you guys. So yeah. I'm like, I gotta come yeah, out. Well, we, we we gotta we gotta keep doing some more stuff together. You gotta help me grow that TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Except China, or uh, not China, but uh, America's trying to ban it right oh, now, oh my right? God. Yeah, it's like everyone's like, you're on TikTok. That's the devil. <laughs> Get off I know, that. like, no, oh, yeah, yeah. I still support TikTok. I know it's, it's an incredible platform, and it's it's fun. Once you like, I never got into it until you it's got good. me into it. It's kind of addicting. <laughs> Get off it. I know. I'm trying to go the following. No, I was kidding. No, but thank you so much. And uh, man, I really, I really think this is this was this was the the hardest yeah. episode I've done. Yeah. Be just because of your vulnerability, your mm-hmm. struggle, and me. Just like I needed to be postured in a way that was like I wanted to be loving and full yeah. of grace and understanding and, and patient and and I, I walking away from this conversation with a lot more. Obviously, knowing you better. Yeah. yeah. 
but but also knowing that like what the struggle is and and come, yeah. some of the roots of it and and how you've coped with it you yeah. know so thank you so much thank you again like this has been awesome you've all been right. great at this oh thank you so much well i love you love you too all right god bless appreciate you see ya <laughs>